Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Well, let's get right into it because... I won a race that Sleepy Danny was scripted to win. <laughs> this is like, like uh, this is like a wrestling plot line that I just took from him and decided to win on my own because he spun out twice on the track, allowing me starting when you a fall good, asleep, you're going to spin out. What would you say, Hutton? A good 10 feet behind him I started to begin? Easily, Very yeah. difficult to pass. Very narrow track. Difficult to pass. About a he spun race. out twice, and then I went past him. Paul, he's doing the exact same thing you would do if you were here to race on time today. <laughs> yeah. If you were here and would have seen it, you would have enjoyed it. Perhaps. Uh, big show. We've got Bobby Carpenter coming up in about 20 minutes. Brent Hubbs a bit later in the show to talk Vols and SEC football. Albert Hainsworth, he will be here as well. He's in the main race at 4 o'clock. He'll join us the hour prior. And to kick off today's show, in town for NFL Network with uh, the, the Titans holding practice earlier today friend of the show, Sarah Walsh, joins us at our broadcast site. Always great to see you. Thanks for having me back. I'm just sad I don't have one of these matching shirts. Like I'm the odd man out <laughs> we, over here. We've we, never matched before <laughs> in the history of our time this together. Is, this is the first time we could be confused for one of these bachelor or bachelorette parties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rolling through here, we're in matching shirts, even our production crew. Can we get some shirts. cowboy hats over Kaharski here? Yeah. gets the sash. Yeah. yeah. It's Paul takes the plunge weekend 2022 right here on our shirts. It's great. Party bus afterwards. Yes. How have you been? Uh, great. It's been uh, it's been a really busy preseason uh, for me so far. I should say training camp, um, but I'm happy to be back. I'm at Nashville, and it was mind-blowing walking out to the Titans complex because it's been more than 20 years for me since I was here, like, in local news. And um, to think that it's been more than two decades was sort of, like, I just can't even wrap my mind around that. If somebody said it was, like, six years ago I was here, I would believe that not 20 years so that was kind of insane for me and albert was out there keith bullock like all the people that were like the old people when i was here uh well not old people we were all young people then but it was just it was a very cool sort of reunion day for me when she left town the the washington bash she was going to dc was yeah. one of the great parties and that venue has been knocked down ah uh, blue bar. bar and rack room how yeah. is hutton's namesake Sarah named one of her children yes. after Hot. Yeah. After the show, it's inspiration was the name. It's a good name. Yeah, I was gonna name my son Kaharski, but it just like didn't have the same ring as Hutton. Uh, Middle name. Yeah, the kids are great. They're starting kindergarten in the in a Whoa, couple wow. days. So, yeah. wow. so last time I saw Sarah, I was in Tampa this time last year. I probably saw you since, but I was in Tampa this time last year when the Titans worked out with the Bucks. Yep. And uh, then we talked after that when Brady retired, and she was like, this is great. Mm -hmm. I'm finally going to be back in Nashville because people aren't going to care as much about the Bucks, <laughs> and I can talk my way into covering the Titans more. And then, of course, within four weeks, Brady was unretired, so I imagine Tampa is home base again. 
It is. That was after the part you left out of that story is that we moved our stuff back into our Nashville home. Like we, we moved stuff back because I'm like, you know, this. I went to the combine. I was talking to all the Titans folks and I'm like, this is going to be great. Like I'm it's it's the right time for me to like segue back into Nashville. And then the night that Tom announced that he was unretiring, I was doing 100 live shots for NFL Network. And at the same time thinking like, oh, my God, I just moved all my stuff back to Nashville. So uh, it's back to Tampa for me, which, by the way, not a bad place to live on the beach. So, like, I cannot complain. Like, it, it's 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 a win-win either way. But, yes, I did think that I was going to be back in Nashville. And that has been – that the pause button has been hit for another season. And you would think that this is probably it for him. But then again, it's Tom Brady, so you never know. Well, maybe he'll come play here for Vrabel next year. You know, I almost thought for a second, well, because there was those rumors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to work out insane for me. Like, I just did two years with Tom in Tampa. I can move back to my Nashville house. He's just going to go to the Titan. This is going to – this is could not be scripted better for me personally. Uh, Tom does not care about how things lay out for me personally, if you didn't know. But so, yeah, I did have, like, this glimmer of hope that, like, that could happen. It did not. Is there a noticeable difference with Arians not there compared to last year when he was? No, not really. It's But it's also so early in the year, right? Yeah. So these practices are very scripted. Not really because so much of the core is the same. So it does, And Bruce is out there still on his golf cart. So it doesn't, it really... So he's still around. He's still around, like very visibly around. And I, the only thing that's different is, you know, maybe the uh, F-bombs in the podium press conferences afterwards. Todd really pulls, tones it down a little bit. But th- it's not. Like, their core their core group is the same. Offense is going to be the same, look the same in that in that regard. With Byron Leftridge still running it, so it hasn't changed all that much. What about the, the offensive line injuries and shifting around now a rookie into yep. what could be a very vital role for him? And yeah. retirement. This, this Bucks team had been very fortunate, and I've said to people, that year that they won the Super Bowl it was sort of a lightning in the bottle situation. You have to in any in any team you can have the most talented team put together, but you know injuries change everything, right? And they were very lucky that year they didn't have injuries. They had a ton of injuries last year that they didn't have that Super Bowl year. And then Ryan Jensen, who you were referencing, their center. I mean, he he signed within hours after Tom announced he was coming back because he could have gone elsewhere. And that was sort of a, a deal. Like Tom's like come you know band keeping the band back together and then they had a surprise retirement their pro bowler Ali Marpet that they didn't expect him to retire they lost another offensive lineman Alex Kappa so we went into this down two offensive linemen and then the fact that on day two of training camp their center their pro bowl center went down I mean those are some real like challenges that they're dealing with down there now I just don't think it's going to be and then their schedule you know I was reading the Titans they don't have a particularly did I see that it was like tied for the eighth easiest strength of schedule maybe for the Titans? Did I read They're that? They're playing the AFC West, though, which is, which is really tough. And, um, and Houston and Jacksonville yeah, twice. Yeah, so that, you know, helps. But the Bucks have a really tough schedule. They have, the, like, the fourth hardest schedule. So, again, like, there's a lot of challenges. It is not just Tom resigns Waltz back into the Super Bowl. I don't – it's just not that simple. Sarah Walsh, our guest, as we kick off our show, Friday edition here on OutKick 360. Um how much of your time is devoted to uh, the the off the field chaos of the off season? All of the legal battles and suspensions and things like that. Do you have to cover that as much as you get to cover OTAs and minicamp? You know, I didn't have to cover that as much. My, my off season where it got crazy was Tom Brady retired. 
then Tom Brady unretires, then Bruce Arians retires. That's where things got crazy. I mean, I wasn't covering suspensions. And, Lucky you. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I was really. It was, but but this was coming off of the season prior where they won a Super Bowl and nothing changed. Like you know, and teams every year will say, "Well, it's a new team, it's a different team." And and I, and a year ago, it really wasn't a different team. They had every starter back in Tampa, and so that's who I was dealing with. There was no, there was not a single position battle. There was, there was none of that. And so the chaos really came this off season, and it was just. I don't know if tumultuous is the right word because, you know, there was sadness and kind of understanding that Tom's going to retire at some point. And then like this huge celebration, he's coming back and then the swing of the coaching change. And so there was just a lot of like huge swings that felt like emotionally regarding that team, but not the legal stuff. I mean, I didn't have to do that. I would imagine, too, it's tough to get a read. And we know the team's going to be good because Brady's the QB. But. I mean, Brady didn't practice a couple of days ago. Yesterday they had a day off. Today he's excused from practice, so he's not even there. Julio Jones doesn't practice. We saw that last year here. Do, do they have veterans who actually practice on a regular basis so you can get a read on what they're doing and how things are going? They did last year they when did. the Titans were there. They did. Yeah, they typically do. He's usually not off that often. Uh, he wasn't last year. During the regular season, he's never off. So that's a, I think that's a little bit of an outlier. That's unusual. And again, I, and, and maybe under Todd, that's a little different. Like when you asked about change, like maybe Todd, how Todd's going to run stuff with the veterans. But the one thing about Brady is, you know, even, I know they've added Julio and, and they've added um, Gage from Atlanta. But, I mean, you've seen him. He makes anybody good. And towards the end of the year, they lost Chris Godwin. They lost, well, Mike Edwin, Evans was getting banged up. But, like, he's pulling guys off the practice squad and throwing the game-winning touchdowns to people that you're just like, wait, where did that guy come from? I mean, that's what he can do. Uh, and I and he's looked really good and really sharp and all the things that you expect out of Tom Brady. And so people want to do the age thing. But I'm like, look, he proves us wrong all the time. Carolina's not going to challenge. Atlanta's not going to challenge. I'm not big on New Orleans at all, but they'd be the only team that had a chance. Seems like a skate in the division. It does seem like a skate in the division. I would agree with that. It seems like a skate. In the, it should be a, put it this way. It should be a skate in the division. If it's not, then something's wrong. They are loaded in a way that none of those other three teams you mentioned are. So yes, that should be a skate. But then if their first four games are really hard, it's at Dallas, which I mean that can go either way. At Dallas on Sunday Night Football, they've got New Orleans, who they should There's be New Orleans, trouble. but New Orleans has always been a thorn in their side. And then it is Green Bay and the Chiefs. Like, those are your first four. Like, that's a rough first four. Um, so, you know, they, they could come out of that. I think if you come out of that two and two, you're, you got to be kind of okay with it if, you're, if you want to play the looking at the schedule game. But, yes, they should skate in the division. But past that, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's tough. And, and we still don't really know what how that center situation is shaken out. I don't think anyone's really, like, seen enough on how that's going to work. You excited about Baker Mayfield in the division? Yeah, I mean, I know there's Baker is like I like people that are interesting, right? Yeah, he's a celebrity. Well, and not even like celebrity, but he's like flashy and makes games that are. You know what it is? It's when that ball is snapped and you kind of never know what he's going to do, and which can be a bad thing. (laughs) But like I have covered games, his games of his for Cleveland on Fox, and I and I enjoy. It was exciting. It was always kind of he's sort of like this throw when he has it in his hand. Now, if you watch him all the time, and then there's picks, and then there's this, and, and I don't. He was not healthy last year. Yeah, so I like them. I think it's exciting. I think I think that's great for Carolina, and uh, and I like personally. I like watching Baker play. 
It was cool to see Jamie Erdahl get the the Good Morning Football gig, but we were we on the show. We mentioned you as a candidate. I don't know if you were oh. actually going for it or not. No, I don't think I was a candidate. But Jamie is wonderful. You should have um, been a candidate. A, well, I don't. I don't know. But Jamie <laughs> is. Uh, she's awesome. She's so wonderful. Here's a good Jamie story. I was in Alabama, and you know how hard it is to get hotel room. I was covering a game, some huge game, in Alabama, and but I was like coming from one place to the other, and something happened where like they booked. Like the credit card that the company used, like was like they called and you have to. There's like a fax number that they called instead of it was some big corporate. It was just like a mistake, and they call and confirm these rooms, you know, in Alabama because everything sold out. And the long story short is, I get to Alabama, they don't have a hotel room. I like literally have nowhere to go in Alabama, and it was might have been like Alabama LSU. It was something huge, and then I'm at this hotel that had like mattresses, its mattresses like thrown out in the dumpster outside the hotel. And I think I posted a picture of it on Twitter. And Jamie Erdahl called me, and she's like, she had a baby at the time. She's like, come stay in my hotel. Like you cannot stay. I will not let you stay. And I didn't even know her that well then, so that's like the kind of person. So we root for. Jamie Erdahl. And you're she good. did not want me to be homeless and was like, you're not sleeping in this dump of a place. Come stay with me. And your good That's friend awesome. Carissa Thompson, uh, part of all of this movement in the, in the offseason. She's going, going to Amazon. To Amazon. Well, she's not, go, she's not leaving Fox. She's right. just Additional. adding Amazon and a home design company. She's got like 17 jobs. The Amazon thing is pretty cool yep. in the in the fact that it's kind of brand new, starting from scratch, and they're, they're putting it together out of nowhere. Yeah. What's so it'll be cool to see what that looks like. Yeah. I don't think we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but she's on with like a bunch of characters that she loves, so it'll be great. Yeah, it was weird that Kay Adams left as she did because everybody had her earmarked for that, and now she's one of the people that's nowhere right now, right? I have no idea. I think no she's idea. doing FanDuel TV or something. Is that that's the rumor anyway? It's, it's not FanDuel. It's one of the sports betting, betting sites. streaming sites. Uh, it didn't seem like people were apprehensive about jumping into the streaming world though, like solely. With all well, these different I think shows, that's where and everything's kind of going, yeah. right? I mean, Every, yeah, including the NFL, like the but, NFL's in it. But you know what, though, it's so funny because years ago you would go, oh, like the games are on like three networks and that's it. But nowadays, like, how many of us watch? You know, like everyone goes to those, and people are going to watch live sports. They'll find it, right? Like people are. It used to be like unheard of, right? You're not going to go like bury a game here, but like people wherever there's live sports, people are like going to go find that. So that's changed everything. Where are you off to next? Uh, back to Tampa later today. Uh, I, my next training camp will be Tampa uh, next week. And then you're covering them in the preseason, I guess. Uh, I don't know how much in the preseason, like but like games? I'll be with them. Yeah, I'll be with them probably mostly most of the season, if not other some other. So places. do you know what's next after your next couple hits from Tampa? Or I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like honestly, um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm day to day in life. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. The only thing I do know for sure is that I'm with the Bucks next Wednesday. So that's the next thing that I have. But can things things change all the time? Well, you'll be here for the joint work with, uh, with the Titans and Bucks. Yeah, I would like to be. I have no idea. We, I think, like honestly, there's they have so many people in so many different places and so many moving parts. I don't know that we're looking. To, I don't know that two weeks ahead is, has come out yet. So is your house rented? Do you drive by or stay way away? It's rented as of like a couple days ago. I was here like a week ago staying in my house, and now it's rented out. But so, no, I don't, I don't even have time to drive by. This was like a quick in and out of town. I got a flight to catch. Uh, I have before driven by when people are there, and it's weird because yeah. it's my house, um, and it's a bummer. It's bu- it bums me out. Uh, but Nashville's, you know, Someday you'll be property. a resident again. I know. I know. 
Sarah, your thoughts on the 6th and P Grand Prix course that we have set up right behind you and uh, the fact that Chad will be attempting to bring home the trophy that's sitting Wait, right in front of you. Where's the course? Is it these cones? Yeah, yeah the cones, but it goes outside and wraps around. Back. First, I need to get some towels to get the sweat off yeah, my face. Yeah, do they have towels at the Yeehaw store here? Corey, please, give me some napkins. I mean, are you Can we go to break quickly also? Did you see this, Sarah? Comment on Chad is. Yeah, are you? Did you just come off the practice field? No, like, I did it earlier and I was completely fine, and then the Lights came on, and all the bodies got on top of me, and I'm sweating. <laughs> Can we Once get I one stop shot sweating, I'll be fine. But one shot, please. I was looking out for Corey the whole time, trying to make eye contact, like, please, someone, help me. And all they Go keep doing, all the, here's how Corey responded to it. He puts the camera directly on me while Sarah's talking. Can you get this That's light? how they respond to it. I'm like, please, put oh. the camera here and not here. Thank you. All right, we'll figure it out. Looks Sarah, good. thank you. Help these guys out, too, before you leave, I, Guys, i got to get out of here Shona, before I get a parking out. ticket. Help Corey okay. Good luck. Let us know if you get one. We'll help you yeah, out. We'll, we can I can expense that to the show? Yeah, we got a lot can. of power. <laughs> we'll write that off, along with the bar tab <laughs> it's a write today. Off. See you guys. Stay All cool. right, Thanks, Sarah, Sarah Walsh has been our guest. Uh, nice enough to stop by on her way out back to Tampa after covering Titans practice. We will get – good to see you. We will get um, a full report uh, from PK later today on what he's seen from Titans practice today. And that will coincide with our AFC South preview, Titans and Jaguars, a bit later. When we come back, live from 6th and Peabody at the 6th and P Grand Prix, Bobby Carpenter will jump into the mix. He'll be uh, joining us uh, via Zoom. We'll talk college football and NFL headlines. I'll be ready to go more. for the rest of the show, I promise. Tell off right now. We are, I'll be ready to race at 4 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry about it. We are benefiting best buddies of Tennessee at uh, a great nonprofit dedicated to establishing volunteer movement that creates opportunities for one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, leadership development, and inclusive living for, for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Uh, you've seen them out and about. They do an outstanding job uh, with their nonprofit and with all of the work that they do with these events. We're helping them out today where we are donating a portion of the proceeds with the Moonshine Tastings, with Old Smoky Moonshine back to best buddies you can do the same we'll be putting up a qr code on the screen you can help out with this great initiative to learn more also you can visit bestbuddies.org stay tuned more coming on outkick 360. what's up everyone it's nick wright and i got something exciting to talk to you about today Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network and streaming live at Outkick.com from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Today, the 6th and P Grand Prix, which the green flag will drop just after 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern. Among the participants, Chad Withrow and Albert Hainsworth, who will be with us in an hour here on the stage, we are out on the main stage. Normally, uh, we've got the the band that does a phenomenal job uh, every Friday. One of the house bands here at Sixth and Peabody. Uh, they will be playing a bit later, and they gave us the space during today's show. We appreciate that, and appreciate anyone on their way as uh, we are helping out Best Buddies this afternoon. BestBuddies.org for more information. And uh, they do a great job uh, helping those with intellectual and developmental disabilities. We It's also, by the way, a little bit more lively of a background for the show today, which is always great yeah. to see. So yeah. a lot of people coming and going behind us. As you we, see, if you're watching right now, a great crowd on hand. It's only going to get bigger throughout the afternoon with the show leading up to 4 o'clock, where I'm going to get dusted by a former all-pro defensive tackle on a tricycle. So that's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> for me. Uh, we, we had a, a race earlier, a, a run-through of sorts. Right behind us is the start-finish line. So Paul and I have the chance to, to call this race coming up a bit later with Chad on a, on a headset. Well, he's got a helmet on, but he'll be and mic'd you, up for a, a post video. You guys really can, with this vantage point, see everything except for when I go behind the bar. Yeah. There's just one little stretch where you're not going to be able to see me where I disappear blind for, corner. for a little bit. A little blind for you, but you can kind of you can guess what's happening. Behind the bars, I disappear behind there for a we short might time. On it. What happens when Chad goes behind the corner? Bobby Carpenter, uh, we're glad. Well, we wish he was here participating in this event, but I mean, the participants are glad he's not here because Bobby Carpenter would, would be dusting the competition. Time for 10 good minutes with that B Carp 3 on uh, Twitter is where you can follow him. Bobby, hope you're doing well, man. I am doing well. Not quite as well as I was doing last. Uh, Friday was in when I was in the great state of Tennessee down there at Norris Lake and feeling really good. So may not be on sixth and Peabody, but I wish I was sitting there floating on the water, hanging out, looking at those beautiful mountains. Not not bad. Hey, the mountains on the horizon last week. Now we finally see football on the horizon. We've got camps going on in both college and pro football. Had the uh, the game last night. I maybe saw five plays, but we had the the Pro Football Hall of Fame game last night, which was delayed due to weather. Uh, nonetheless, it's good to be able to talk football on the field. It really is. And you watch a little bit of that. It's just a nice opportunity to wet your beak. There's nothing better than starting the game with a nice roughing the passer penalty. <laughs> Hopefully that's not uh, you know, a, a, an homage of things to come of what we're going to ultimately get to see. But you know, it's fun to get out there and watch some of those guys finally play. And I mean, It's nice because the Hall of Fame game hasn't really been what it was supposed to be for the last couple of years. So it looks like things are kind of finally back in full swing. Trevor Penning is going to have, you mentioned the, the roughing the passer penalty, protecting the passer for him. We may see some roughing calls, uh, unnecessary roughness on him. He's been kicked out of practice. He's been in fights in three straight practices now in New Orleans. 
Um, that's that's the way he was built. I mean, the 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 description of Penning coming out of college was exactly what we've seen so far during camp. But at some point, behind the scenes in a locker room like this, is there a, a policing of that of sorts, or do you lean into it and just hope that he doesn't hurt you on game day? Well, I think there's a balance with that. Uh, Parcells used to always lean in. He wanted guys to get after it. He wanted to see that competition. He never wanted to see a lot of fights because it became disruptive, but he loved to see guys going back and forth because ideally, like you want to draft highly competitive dudes that care a lot about the game. There's some guys you draft who you see wash out in a couple of years because they really don't love football. So these guys are highly competitive. Penning's super competitive. Like you said, his draft eval, that's what it was. And he is as advertised. So you want that attitude up front. You want that attitude in the trenches. But Parcells told us, my rookie year after we had fights about three days in a row, because we do inside inside run goal line like every day. So the offensive line, linebackers, D-line, like it's getting chippy after a while because you're finishing guys off late and it's, it's getting to be a tough little situation. But he's like, you break your hand in practice in a fight that's a non-football injury. When you're getting on the non-football injury list and you're not getting paid. So if you get in a fight, I'm just warning you. Make sure you keep a full open hand and keep your damn helmet on so you don't get hurt. And so then he'd have guys run. And Belichick, we had some fights in New England. Belichick would go there. It was like Little League. He'd make us run the polls. He's like, take a lap. And I was like, what? Is this real? And like everyone popped up, ran. Because nothing, nothing cures a fight like a little bit of physical exertion. So you go run you know, 150 yards or 107 yards down around one goal line back, back to where you are, and all of a sudden you're like, okay. Now he's like, you guys ready to play some football? You ready to keep fighting? But deep down, coaches love that because it's much easier to take that out of somebody and try to curb them a little bit than it is to try to gas someone up and beg them to compete every day. And you know, the Saints need that edge. They need that attitude. And you know, I think that Penning may be giving them that. Let's go to the college game for a second. A lot of times, we're getting more and more of these great premier matchups in week one, Bobby, across college football. I prefer when my team opens up with an easy win, then you go into the big matchup maybe in week two or week three. But what does it do to change the mindset when you know you're going into a season as a player, as a coach, as someone covering a team? Let's say, for instance, like Ohio State opening up with Notre Dame. When you have that week one opponent to point to all offseason, in all fall camp, what does that do to add some stakes to every practice? Well, it, it, you understand that there is no dress rehearsal. And it's nice, you know, you open up, you know, with maybe a directional school, you know, a group of five school, maybe, a, you know, one double A or FCS school. And so you can kind of figure out, you, you suspect what you're good at and you suspect what you're not. But as a coach, after going to having your guys going against each other for three or four weeks, you begin to lose perspective. Are we really good here? Or are we just really bad on the other side? So even if you're going up against someone who may not be as talented as you, you'll begin to see cracks or chinks in the armor if they're there. If you're going up and it's a big-time night game, it's the premier game like Ohio State, Notre Dame, and that's something where you've got to get your guys gassed and ready to go. And there is no mulligan. There is no breakfast ball. You can't shake this one off in the woods and re-tee it up. Because now, I mean, this may be your season. Depending on the strength of your schedule and how everything breaks, it's a great opportunity to go get a win. But conversely, like if you're not ready to go, and let's be honest, like guys, we we sit here and we talk and we always pretend like college football players, like they're finished products. Look, guys, 
you know, who were in COVID in high school who missed entire seasons, depending on what part of the country they were in. And so they may have come in, and then last year, you know, they're kind of getting worked in a little bit. And like, there's guys who have never been on a stage like this. So you go run out in front of you know, 80 to 100 and some thousand people, and it's at night, and you're expected to be a starter, and you're staring across another guy who's pretty good, and it's a top 10 ranked matchup. There's going to be some nerves. There's going to be some anxiety. And you didn't get a chance to kind of settle in and work through any of that. So I like it as a fan, as a player. You know, as a veteran player, you're good. But, like, as a first-time starter, like, that's something that I think that there is a little bit of anxiety coming in. And even for the coaches of knowing, like, what are we truly good at? What can we kind of lean into? And what's going to be our bread and butter when we need to go somewhere? As opposed to, like, in this situation... You're just trying to figure it out on the fly, and you don't have really a half to burn if you're in a situation where you're going up against another top-ranked opponent. You've been doing some terrific reminiscing with us about your playing days. I'm wondering, what's the most outlandish expenditure you've seen, or uh, who's been the most uh, maybe foolishly loose with his money? There's a... The uh, annals of history and the rookie symposium and everything are littered with guys and examples of how not to operate, not to spend money. So I'll keep guys' names out of it because I, I try not to you know, put them out there like that. And especially it's been 10 years or so since some of these things have happened, heck, 15 now in some cases. But uh, there was a guy who had bought a brand new Lamborghini and had it for about a month. We ended up signing a guy comes in, rolls in, and has the same color Lamborghini. The guy who had his first rolls back in. He's like all upset about it. I don't know what he did, where he went, but two days later shows up with one in a different color. And I'm like, I'm sure he took that thing back. But I remember asking him like how much it cost. And this is like 15 years ago, and I think it probably ran about a quarter of a million dollars. And I don't know about you guys, if you understand like what the depreciation on that is driving it off the lot. They're not giving you dollar-for-dollar dollar value when you bring it back a month and a half later. So I'm sure he took probably a $100,000 hit simply because he wanted to have the only car of that color in the parking lot. And so I looked at that. I mean, that was probably the one thing that I thought was, uh, you know, really crazy that I saw. And then one of the other things that's just really nuts, uh, Larry Allen, I think he had, this was before my time, the guys, because he left the year before I got to Dallas. He had some type of Porsche, I want to say, really high-end, maybe a Ferrari. And they called it the Spitmobile. Because Larry liked to chew a lot. And he just put a towel down on the he put a towel down on the passenger seat oh, no. and he would just spit his chew spit onto the seat of the car, onto this towel. He's driving you know, a quarter of a million dollar car, just spitting dip spit on it like the thing was, you know a used Honda Civic, like he could have cared less. So, I mean, the dude had made a lot of money and I think he was pretty pretty good with it, but I don't know if I could ever abuse a vehicle quite like that. Bobby, I had a buddy who, just speaking of Honda Civic, he drove like a 1989 Nissan Sentra in high school and college, and his entire car was littered with dip spit bottles. <laughs> like, oh. It was everywhere. You could not move in his car. It was like Michael Scott in the office with the filet fish boxes from McDonald's. <laughs> this guy had a different like soda bottle of filled with dip spit all over Capped, his car. At least? 
It's my buddy Jim Brown. I'll, I'll name names. Jimmy. <laughs> names Jimmy. Yeah, crazy. Hey, well, uh, hopefully they were at least capped. Yeah, because they those were. things get boiled up in the sun. I mean, that's about as gross as you're going to get after being in there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, they were, take those to they, Bobby, they were mostly capped. Bobby, I know you've got to run. Um, what was the color of the Lamborghini that he switched to? The new color. Was it better? I mean, he went from red to yellow. So, I mean, you, you pick your poison. I, I'm not really a big sports car guy or a flashy car, color guy, but yeah, he went from red to yellow. Yellow stands out more. You know, probably does. Hey, man, thank you for the time. Have a great weekend. And uh, next time you're in Music City, which should be uh, as soon as possible, swing by here at 6th of Peabody and hang with us. I'll get down there for you, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, buddy. I'll have a dip spit bottle waiting on you. (laughs) Ready to go. Right at home. Be just like back here, like on Lake uh, Norris Lake again. Bobby Carpenter. Bring you right back home. Has been our guest. uh, 6th and P Grand Prix coming up um, last night, Hall of Fame game. Um, n- there is nothing worse than a, a pregame delay due to weather oh. in a preseason game. Oh. Like we, week one, I, we were, it, Paul was there. I was on, on the air with Titans Radio. We had the longest game in NFL history in Miami and whenever that, they had multiple, something. yeah, multiple lightning delays. But at least there was a regular season game on where the starters were playing. If you're up in the booth or if you're a fan going to that game and you know there's no chance of seeing your favorite players on the field other than warm-ups. I mean, Devontae Adams at least went out for stretch. Um, man, th- that is, that's horrible, especially Misery. for the broadcast. I, uh, I wrote a column. You, know, you guys hear me every year. I'm, I'm never going to talk people out of it, but I, I can't stand the football is back. And then Tariko says, the first points of the season. Yeah. Collinsworth says, you know, the Raiders look pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I, I wrote a column about it, and uh, and they went, and they, they thought, you know, this. I think they liked it, and they thought this is a good point-counterpoint situation. So Armando's writing, um, I hope I'm not letting the count out of the bag, the preseason is good column, and they're going to pair them up at OutKick. That'll be out sometimes this afternoon, I can't, think. Can't but wait to read both. I, ca- I cannot. I tend to fall more into pre-season. your camp of uh, let's, not get, let's not get too dramatic about the Amir Abdullah touchdown in the second quarter for the Raiders in the preseason. I mean, the most interesting thing about that is that Jacob started at running back. I mean, that's like, oh, God, here's yeah. a guy that's in, being punished. Well, not being punished. Josh McDaniel yeah, says sad. he says that he he believes that running backs need work in preseason games before going into week one, which is a but vast is opposite view of anything we've seen here with Derrick Henry. Right. And honestly, 31 other teams across the league. Also, this is four games removed from the regular season. I can see if you think your running backs yeah. need some work, but do they need it four weeks in advance of? Well, of, and it's really well. Five it's also weeks it was it was day. seven touches I think he got, but they also threw it to him on a screen pass, which is yeah. could be highly problematic with guys flying at your lower body when you're looking back for the pass. But then they just abruptly pulled him, but they started the game like it was a normal game with his workload, and then pulled the plug. I wonder if it's a gradual in preseason game number two, he gets 10 touches and they pull the plug immediately. In the next game, if it's a gradual gear up where he starts the game just like it's a real game, gets the actual workload he would get in a regular season game, then they quickly pull the plug. But we know they don't like him. They didn't exercise his fifth-year option. Right. They've got other options. It's an odd, it's He's an odd not way to approach the... by that team for a back who's been pretty effective at his peak yeah so they have they, they've brought in brandon bolden as his backup they have zamir white who they drafted in the fourth round um and they have josh jacobs who's in a contract year 
um, where, he, where he said, you know, it, it's not all grim and doom that the fact that they did pick up my fifth-year option because I'm going to get – he looks at it like contract year and he's got an option to uh, put on a show. And we've certainly seen him run well, but you're right. This is the preseason game. There will be four for the Raiders because of the Hall of Fame game. And the odd thing is, while they're going to back down his workload or whatever they're going to do, he's in there with backups blocking right. for him and uh, on, on every level. He's the only, quote-unquote, starter that was given that amount of work, and that's why the, the eyebrow was raised. But that also tells you what we're re- referencing in terms of the quality of play in the preseason also games. On the other the side, USFL was more bearable to watch than last night's game. Also, on the other side, at least five starters for the Jags' defense out. You know, uh, I said in my column, like, who's choosing to watch JV football? Like, a lot of people. I'm, I'm not. And, and diluted. Well, you know, I don't like watered-down beer. I, I, would say, I would say the people who love football choose to watch watered-down football whenever know. it's the only thing only available option. for you. Only option. And, I mean, I'll admit I tuned in around the time kickoff was going to happen. And then you tuned in. And I saw that the delay was going on, and I didn't think twice about taking Brody on a walk. And Doing other I stuff. didn't think about the other game whenever uh, the game actually kicking off whenever I got back in. So. I watched um, it to write about it, and I gave up, uh, you know, a couple minutes into the second quarter. Flip back a little later. Yeah, that's what it's for. You know, flip back, check in. Well, see and you're, if your team's playing, you're also yeah, invested in what the what the general manager has done in rounds two through seven plus to help build the back end of a roster. And plus, even the top undrafted. If it's your team, it's a different deal. But generally, like the way we watch every team in the league for the season. I hard pass on the 49 preseason games for me outside of the three of the, t- the local. Trayvon Walker at least uh, got his, his well, sack. The, the officials game. are in, in uh, regular season form. A bad penalty on the first play from scrimmage. But that's why we watch the individual player performances, some rookies yeah. that are going to get some spot time. Trayvon Walker, we previewed it yesterday and said that, and I think you said that was a guy to watch. And he shined in the, in the time he was out there. So I, I don't really – turn on a preseason game on a Friday night in August and say, I'm going to sit down and, and watch the Bears and, and the uh, Cardinals in this game. I think I'm going to watch this second-round pick who I'm considering drafting for my fantasy football team right. that may make an immediate impact and see how he looks. But if you miss it, if he does something great, it'll be all over Twitter. Well, I'm not all watching a second so. of it live. Right. I tuned in last night simply because it was NBC Thursday night a new broadcast team for the permanent football night in America, Sunday Night Football team. And because it was the first preseason game of the year, and, I probably watched a quarter. And listen, Jason Garrett was I saw fine. Tony Baselli, who was great, Yeah, Jason with Melissa Garrett Stark. was fine in what he did. Melissa Stark had a tough time. She fumbled a lot of words. Melissa like Stark, may I also practice. say, though, looks terrific. Yeah. She is 48 well, years old. I feel like she looked she almost looks younger 30. than the last time I saw her on Monday Night Football. Wow. Looking at her. She looked great. I am still pissed that Garrett got that job. He was fine. But I just look at it and I think of all the options you had, why do you hire this guy? And it makes me pissed for Rodney Harrison, who I don't like over that exchange we had of me taking pictures. I don't like him. But he was excellent in that role, and he got demoted, and now Jason Garrett has his job. It just pisses me off. What is Harrison doing now? He's still doing that secondary. So they were he, all on site last night, but he's yeah. the secondary on site well, instead of he, the primary on site with Jock Collinsworth, or whatever his first name is, Jack. another guy who shouldn't be there. Jack Collinsworth, Jack without a K. They're, they're also in different sites. Like the, on the the Sun, the Football Night in America broadcast. Yeah, what it is traveling. is they're in New York. 
you know, Drew Brees and Tony Dungy were in New York on the studio show Harrison with was, Maria Taylor, I guess it was, side. last year. And then it's Jack Collinsworth and Rodney Harrison, like, pumping at up the, the crowd. On site. On site at the game, at, in the, like, in the concourse or out front of the stadium. They were all at the game last night because it's yeah. football's back. Football's back. Well, Canton, you should be all about that game, Paul. I'm not Being about the game. I'm fame. about that, tomorrow. That is uh, that, but that that's a big. I mean, that's a big sales point for the Hall of Fame having all the guys. The talk first game of the preseason. I'm, I'm shocked that Paul is so anti another Ivy League guy and Jason Garrett. I thought all Ivy oh. Leaguers st- stuck together. Well, they do. Really, this is this is Ivy League on Ivy League I'm crime. With I'm with him here. on the Ivy League thing, but I don't like him as a broadcaster. I don't like him as a coach. I like well, him as an Ivy Leaguer. I, uh, the, what I heard in the USFL with him was very good. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like him as a broadcaster. He's fine, but another two dozen guys would be fine, and I, I they would have more ceiling to me than him. But it's the, just an obvious recycle. I, I don't know that you know that, though, that there's a bunch of other guys who, who would be as good as him as a broadcaster. And here's my counterpoint to that. We would crush people who, when we would have Dan Orlovsky on our show to talk quarterbacks. I agree. I would agree. say, why the hell are you having this guy on uh, who sucked terrific, as a quarterback in the NFL terrific. to talk quarterbacks? Well, but you're kind of making the same argument. He sucked as a coach, so he can't be a good broadcaster. Well, that's I've the heard, same. Per- that's the same thing that someone said about Dan Orlovsky. Enough. And the reason he got that job, this is the opposite of Orlovsky. Orlovsky got that job, and people said, well, who is Orlovsky to get that job? I know who Garrett is to get that job. He got that job because he's a former Cowboys coach. That's why I got the well, job. If you're That's connected the to Dallas, you're getting a good right. gig. Why did Tony Romo like get that. the gig? Why did Jason Witten get the gig? I mean, yeah, well, Witten wasn't good. Troy Aikman. I mean, let's keep. Yeah, keep a lot naming. of them aren't great. Romo, Moose is. Johnston. Yeah, there's a lot. Who's of also to Dallas? Coming up, Kyler Murray's offseason has not been terrific. Here's another and, one. And now, like going back to the connection I made, that this feels like Jeff Fisher vy to me. Cliff Kingsbury's comment about Kyler Murray and why he had Kyler Murray calling plays for the offense is odd. Did you hear it We've or got just it read it? Reading it. Yeah. We've got it next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The 6th NP Grand Prix taking place today at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, all to benefit Best Buddies of Tennessee, a nonprofit dedicated to establishing volunteer movement that creates opportunities for one-to-one friendships, integrated employment, leadership development, and inclusive living for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. They do a fantastic job here and nationwide. Bestbuddies.org is the website if you're listening to us across the Outkick Network today. If you'd like to help donate, we're donating a, uh, a portion of the proceeds for all moonshine tastings here with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer uh, back to Best Buddies of Tennessee today. 
And again, bestbodies.org, or you can scan the QR code, which you'll see on the screen throughout the afternoon. And then we have the race coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes or so from now. Looking forward to that. Albert Hainsworth will be with us in roughly 30 minutes. He'll join us on site, plus Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com. He will talk Tennessee and SEC headlines with us in today's final hour. So the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray deal, it, it was odd right after the playoff loss where the, the, the playoff matchup against the Rams was what it was. Uh, the Rams extremely good last year, and we saw the Cardinals nosedive. But the game plan itself for what they were facing, Hopkins wasn't playing. Uh, the way the game plan looked, you would have thought he was with some of the one-on-one matchups they were trying to get with other guys and leaving Kyler Murray to fend for himself against that Rams defensive front and the way they were rolling him out, especially backed up against his own end zone, it was odd. And then all of the social media saga and everything. And I said at the time, it, it had a vibe to it that it was going to be one survivor. It was like a UFC fight. Two guys enter the cage, one dude leaves, and the other one's on a stretcher. And it's Kingsbury or Murray. Both of them got extensions this offseason, but there is still this aura around it where Kingsbury doesn't negotiate contracts, but the coach would be the one that wants the study habits to improve on the game plan he's putting together, the game plan that he calls on game day for his franchise quarterback. And he had Kyler Murray call plays on the, uh, the headset radio on the walkie on Saturday, and he was asked about it through ESPN. And the quote from Kingsbury was, I just wanted him to know that, hey, this blank ain't easy. Every now and then, he starts shaking his head, and I'm calling it in there, and I'm like, all right, go ahead, big dog. That's the quote as I read it from Cliff Kingsbury speaking on the $100 million guarantee quarterback over the next three years, Kyler Murray. I was thinking... And I said this as we went to break, like, have any of us heard it? Because the tone might matter. But even if there's a jovial tone on that, there's no way that it doesn't, there's not edge to it. All right, big dog, you know, go go see how easy it is. Well, he adds He's in there. He's jabbing him. Well, he calls plays in, and his quarterback's shaking, shaking the head. head. I mean, he adds that in. To me, you there is more there than just, oh, we share an agent and we're cool. Congratulations. You mentioned uh, Vince Young, and and that's got Vince Young. Good luck. I hope in he's it. worth it. That's got Vince Young in it. Vince yeah. Young had that scowl, and, and there's been talk on the Titans sideline a little bit about this, in terms of where Malik Willis is. That that Vince Young had a bad first training camp, but Vince Young had a scowl, and uh, you were out there. He yeah. had a scowl and a look of him that like he expected it to be easier. And Malik Willis isn't doing that. And Kyler Murray. Things aren't aren't pointing well for him. Let's hit on a little bit more of this when we come back. I've got I've got a different thought. Headlines when we return across the Outkick Network. Friday edition from Sixth and Peabody. This is Outkick 360.